Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined by Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, today is a good day to plan your very own one-of-a-kind Mississippi trip, and you can do that over at visitmississippi.org. But today, we're going to learn a little bit about Mississippi's poet, Laureate. Laureate? How did I say? Laureate. Laureate. I knew I was going to get it right or wrong or whatever it may be, but we have the lady who wears that badge um, here with us today. Joining us on Good Things is Kathy. Catherine Price. She was appointed by Governor Reeves to serve a four-year term as our poet. And I'm going to let you say it, Catherine. Oh, it's Poet Laureate. Laureate. Ah, yay. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to have mis, uh, mispronounced it. It, it, it. Oh, no, definitely. <laughs> well, first, congratulations. Thank you so much. So what in the world does a Poet Laureate, laureate do? No, it's a great question. So the Poet Laureate position is pretty open-ended, but the idea is that this person kind of serves as an ambassador for poetry and literature throughout the state and just kind of helps to to, um, increase access to poetry for the citizens of Mississippi. So it's a job that I am super excited about. It's something that I do... In some ways, in my work as a professor at Mississippi State, I'm always kind of thinking about ways to help my students enjoy poetry and hook into poetry. So I'm so excited to have the chance to do it on a larger scale in this role. So how did you get the word that Governor Reese had selected you for this position? Did you even know that you were in the running for it? I did. There was an interview process. So I had an interview with the committee, and then I knew the sort of rough timeline for it. I knew they were going to be putting a few names forward to the governor, but I didn't know what was going to happen after that. And then I had actually just finished teaching my very last class of the semester at Mississippi State, and I checked my email, and there was the email from the governor's office letting me know. So it was a a really exciting day. Oh, that's pretty cool. So (laughs) as you serve uh, over the next four years, I know you'll be called to do various readings and to also promote literacy, but those readings, at what type of occasions, uh, Catherine, would you might be called in by the governor to read poetry or to be in an event? Right, and I think that it'll mainly be at sort of things like literary festivals. I'm thinking about the book festival. You know, I'm going to be on the poetry panel there. Um, There might be other literary events throughout the state. I know the Poet Laureate often is involved with the Poetry Out Loud program, which is a really wonderful statewide program. It's a national program, but it's it's state by state, and it's a program for high school students who memorize and perform poems and then go on to compete in the nationwide competition. So I'll be involved in that. And otherwise, I'll be kind of working on some of my own initiatives to try to get poetry out into 
the community and to the schools as much as I can. Well, I think poetry is kind of having a moment because the young woman, and forgive me, I don't remember her name, who did a wonderful job at the inauguration and really opened. Yes, she was Amanda young. Gorman. Yes, so she was younger in terms. And then before that, you know, I, I, I will have to say in my simple mind, Maya Angelou is probably the, the top name oh, I yeah. would know in terms of poetry, um, who, who I think has connected or bridged that gap for so many of us and who may not look to poetry as maybe their normal reading or sort of form of literature to connect with. So I feel like you're, you're, you you picked a good, or he picked a good year for you to sort of run with this, or I guess the next four years, because it feels like a lot of people are kind of opening up to this more, um, I, I guess, what's the word, I'm looking, emotional way of using words other mm-hmm. than just sharing a story. So I'm curious, when was the first time you really resonated with poetry in particular other than just, you know, traditional literature? Right. Well, I always knew that I I liked to, I always liked writing. Writing was always something that I loved doing. I remember in second grade, we studied haiku, little three-line poems, and I wrote a haiku about purple pansies, and I was so excited about it. I had this haiku hanging on my bedroom wall for years because I was so proud of this thing I had made. And I think that that... Just that idea of being able to kind of spend time with language and to use words to just describe something that I cared about. Um, it felt like magic to me. And I also loved writing stories. And, you know, I was that kid growing up who had like two notebooks full of this really elaborate horse novel <laughs> that was really, really terrible because I was, you know, I was 12 and writing a very serious melodrama. But, you know, I think that I'd always enjoyed writing, and it had always been something that really, um, it always just made me feel really happy, and also like it was a way for me to to work through things, to think about things, to ask questions, and I always loved reading, but it wasn't until really I was in high school that someone gave me a book of poetry by the poet Joy Harjo, who's the current United States Poet Laureate. And I didn't know who she was at the time, and I didn't really know that anybody was writing poetry. I hadn't really thought about contemporary poetry. I thought the poetry was, you know, something people wrote a long time ago. And so I read this book, and I must have been 16 or 17, and it just felt like the world opened up for me. I just couldn't believe that somebody was doing this right now and saying these things that that I felt and using language in these ways that just really thrilled me. And so when I went to college, I studied creative writing, and I took a lot of creative writing workshops and, you know, went on from there to to graduate school, and now I teach at Mississippi State. But just I've I've stayed connected to poems my whole life, and I think it's just it's something that just really opens up the world for me, and I hope it'll do that for other people, too. Well, you definitely have me excited about it, and I'm one that's usually (laughs) a little bit intimidated when it comes to poetry. I mean, I do enjoy it. I love listening to other people sort of uh, share uh, their poetry. I even think this past uh, season on America's Got Talent, if if I'm getting my seasons correct, there was a a young man who actually writing and then performing his poetry was his act, and he actually got fairly far. I don't think he made it necessary to the very end, but it definitely brought poetry to the stage, showing it that could be an art form in many different ways, not only writing it, but then also presenting it uh, to an audience, because there is that sort of theatrical component to it, I think, that's a little bit different than just, you know, reading stories, uh, so to speak. Not that there's takes great talent to, to create a great story, too, but it feels like poetry may be, you know, on that next level. And I read where you believe that poetry is for everyone, so I'm curious... 
Why do you think some students and adults, I'll raise my hand um, to that, is sort of intimidated by whether it's reading it or writing it or maybe both? Yes. So and that's something that I see all the time in my job, um, you know, teaching creative writing classes at the college level, is I'll see students who come in, and these are really smart students, and they're students who are really excited about the, the fiction part of the semester, and then they'll say, but I'm really nervous about poetry. I don't like poetry. I don't get poetry. I've never really understood it, or I think it's boring, or whatever. And, you know, most of the time, it's because they just don't have a lot of experience with it, and the experience they may have with it might be limited. You know, it might be that a lot of people's only exposure to poetry is maybe they're 16 and they have to read, you know, five sonnets by Shakespeare and they have to memorize those sonnets and that's it, right? And that can feel really off-putting for people and really difficult. Um, And I love Shakespeare sonnets. They're, They're incredible. But if you don't come to them at the right time or if they're not kind of if you don't get to talk about them in a way that makes them meaningful for you, then they can, you know, like anything, it can just feel like sort of an abstract object, a thing that you can't connect to. So I think that a lot of people have been taught or have been kind of led to believe that poetry is something really tricky. It's a code you've got to crack. It's something that isn't for everybody. It's only written by, you know, guys who have been dead for a few hundred years and no one's doing it now. And and all of this stuff just isn't true, but I think a lot of folks haven't had a chance to experience contemporary poetry. And so that's one of the real joys that I get from teaching is getting to to watch students kind of discover or rediscover poetry and to read contemporary poems or even older poems and say, oh, oh, this is actually really funny, or, oh, wow, okay, I didn't know that a poem could do this, or this is a poem that seems to be about something that I connect with. This could be about my life. And it's it's just such a pleasure to, to watch that transformation happen. And so my hope is that in this position, I'll be able, in part, to work with young people and help them to kind of experience the joys and the pleasures of poetry early on so they can carry that with them as they grow up. And to know that not all poetry has to rhyme, right? Because I feel like like we also get stuck in just sort of very uh, narrow-minded view of what poetry is, and it has to be roses are red, violets are blue, and then, you know, fill in a cheeky, um, you know, sentence that comes next. But I'll admit, I mean, it's very intimidating in terms of, thinking about writing it but also sort of reading it and I but I also connect when someone does it and it sounds so beautiful right you recognize the talent that's there and obviously Governor Reese recognized the talents in you Catherine Pierce that's why he named you Mississippi's poet say it for me Rhino Laureate. Laureate. I'm going to get it right before the end of the show. I'm intimidated by that word <laughs> but we're going to actually get to hear Catherine read one of her pieces coming up next
From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 75. Tonight, more showers and thunderstorms, low around 59. Wednesday, a 70% chance of rain, high near 69. And a 20% chance of showers for Thursday, mostly sunny, high near 73. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at nodripms.com. Billium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Les England for Clark's Construction. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know, why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Call 601-214-9463. Clark's Construction, a company you can trust. I'm Dr. Michael Walker, founding physician at NewCareMD. We provide concierge medicine that everyone can afford. We do this by eliminating middlemen and restoring focus on the patient-physician relationship. For a low monthly fee, less than the average cost of a cell phone, you get access to unlimited clinic visits, wholesale medications and labs, and even telehealth. It doesn't take an act of Congress to get affordable health care. Learn more about health care the way it should be at NewCareMD.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the Range in Gluckstadt. Right now, we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range. Join now and get your first month free. While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing to custom rifle builds. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip. Whether it's getting the kiddos to school. I love you. Bye, Mom. Or taking it off-road and uphill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. We've got the right tires for you. Tire Depot has a huge selection of tires for every budget and every purpose. From everyday drivers to extreme off-road performance, Tire Depot has you covered. Alignments, mounting and balancing, lift kits, and general repair. Tire Depot at the Reservoir in Brandon and Terry Road in Byram. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi has so many good places for you and your family to eat, stay, and play. So go to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. We're learning more about what Mississippi's Poet Laureate does for the four-year term, which is appointed by Governor Reeves. And joining us today is our current one, Miss Catherine Pierce. And I got it right. I practiced all through the break, Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's that funny English language. We have those words that sometimes we just wrestle with and then others that come out so easily. 
easily. So I'm going to yep. take it for a win today that laureate is one that I'm adding to my vocabulary, but also one that we're just having an opportunity to share with the rest of us that we have someone who, you know, stands in this position for four years to go out and sort of um, be that ambassador for not only poetry, but also for literature and literacy, which I know is definitely a good thing. Before we move back into your story, though, I mentioned um, America's Got Talent, uh, Catherine, so I Googled it, and I was right and I was wrong. So his name was Brandon Leak. He was a spoken word poet, and he won the 15th season of America's Got Talent. So shame on me. I must have, you know, ditched watching it halfway through. (laughs) But that goes to show that I think, you know, the spoken word or people's emotions on paper and trying to figure out different avenues of sharing that emotion is really having a moment. And, you know, poetry is one of those that I think is it's always been around. As you mentioned, we recognize the greats like Shakespeare and you said the dead old guys who wrote good poetry. (laughs) But we're seeing this sort of getting it uh, breathed with fresh um Fresh faces and in and, and contemporary um, ways of doing it. So I think this is pretty cool. Okay, you have actually, um, I prepared you, I asked you if you would read for us one of your um, poems that is Mississippi inspired and you agreed. Yeah. So set the stage for us because I think, I think this may be, you know, one of the first times too someone gets the opportunity to hear a poet actually read their own work and it's two different things from you reading it versus hearing those that re- wrote it re- read it and listen to my English, sorry, on this day. Um, so, yeah, so set the stage for us. What are we going to hear and maybe give us the backstory before you start sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a poem that I wrote. Um, I worked on it for a long time, actually. It went through a lot of different forms, and this is where I ultimately ended up. But this is a poem that I wrote. I was, as it says in the poem, um, I was lying in my hammock in my backyard in Starkville, and I was just sort of looking up at the sky and looking at all of the trees around my yard and everything and just kind of thinking. And so this poem came out of that. Um, and you're right, as you'll hear, it doesn't rhyme. It's a free verse poem, so it doesn't have rhyme or meter. Um, and this is a poem in my book, Danger Days, which came out in October. And so this is a pretty, a pretty recent one. Um, I don't think you need to know anything else before we get into it. Um, the other thing that I'll say, though, is that one thing that I talk a lot about when I'm teaching poetry is how important specificity is and how I like to use as many of the senses as possible when I write poems. And so I think that you'll hear lots of sensory detail in here. And it's called Vespers. Mississippi at the end of March is a chaos of wisteria. Someone is grilling. Someone is practicing the clarinet. Next door, the pugs talk in their small, polite barks. It's beer weather again. Time again to eat berries so bright, we almost remark on it, but don't. From the backyard hammock, the early evening sky, blue like a chlorine pool, is wreathed by pines, catalpas, birds insistent and fierce. It's easy to forget we're only pretending their language into song. Even the power lines look kindly, generously dividing the lushness into manageable segments. The fact that we can love it so absolutely, knowing that we will absolutely leave it, is more remarkable than any lightning storm or planet. And also less. Everyone swims through this same bright dark water, and no one asks for praise. But I see you, 
you somehow nowhere close to collapsing inside the incomprehensible. I see you. And you deserve the red berries, the dark chocolate stout. You deserve whatever fractured music the air carries toward you. Beautiful. And that was read by Catherine Pierce. She is our current Mississippi poet laureate. 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 Ah, almost got it. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close, but yet so far away. Nothing like me to ruin a good moment there <laughs> here on Good Things. But see, I love that because if I would have read it, I wouldn't have necessarily understood the emotion or the things and the places that you wanted to, you know, emphasize or pause or go. So, you know, I think it, that is an art form sort of in itself. So when you're working with your students who may be great at writing the poetry, how do you help them better Uh, perform it or speak it, if that's whatever the right term is? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a great question, too. And it's something that, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to do in my classes. Um, So, at the upper levels, we do practice reading a little bit, and I just tell them, go slow, go so much slower than you think you have to. It should feel really awkward to you as you're reading it, because people want to be able to kind of pay attention to the words that you're saying, and it's a little different than if you're reading fiction, a story, we can kind of fill in the words as we go if we happen to miss something. But in poetry, you really want to kind of slow it down, which is hard advice for me also because I talk really fast. So that's something that I'm always trying to remind myself also. But um, the other thing that I tell my students at all levels is to read their work out loud, even if it's just to themselves, because reading your work out loud can really help you hear it in a different way. So you might read your poem and maybe you thought, oh, this all sounds fine. And then you read it out loud and you think, oh, wait, I said that word three times and I didn't mean to. Or maybe the pacing of it isn't quite what you want it to be or whatever it might be. And so reading it out loud is such a great tool, not only for communicating with other people who might be listening, but also just for kind of getting your poem to to sound the way you want it to, even on the page. So it's a a tool that I'm always trying to encourage my students to to rely on, and I rely on it too. I feel like poetry feels more private in terms of written work than maybe any other form of Mm -hmm. writing. So it's got to be nerve-wracking for students to even, you know, share their poetry with, with the class for the first time. I bet there's some Somebody listening to good things right now who has a wealth of poems in their journals or they doodle around men specifically. I'm surprised by the number of men who write poetry, you know, in their own thoughts or, you know, maybe on the deer stand that would have been pre, you know, smartphones mm-hmm. taking away their their attention, but then never sharing it with anyone because, you know, it feels kind of, you know, scary and vulnerable to sort of do that. Do you find there's a lot of closet poets around that just don't show it? Did I rhyme there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that that's that's another thing that I'm hoping we can kind of talk about. But, you know, me in this role with people in Mississippi is that so many people have, have poems they've written and kind of squirreled away. And everybody has the ability to write poems. Everybody can pay attention to the world around them and use specific language to talk about the things that they're observing and feeling. Um, when So the poet Natasha Trethaway, who was the poet laureate of Mississippi um, two terms back, so Beth Ann Fennelly preceded me, and before her was Natasha Trethaway. And Natasha Trethaway was also the poet laureate of the United States. 
And she visited Mississippi State a few years ago. I guess it's been like seven or eight years now, actually. And she, I remember one thing that she said that I've always thought about. She said in her role as U.S. Poet Laureate, she had these open office hours, and she would invite people to come and speak to her. And she said every single person who came to visit her said, as if they were confessing something, they said, well, you know, I write poetry too, but I've never shown it to anyone. She said everybody is a secret poet. So it's it, that that always stuck with me, this idea that, wow, there are so many people out there writing poems and just not kind of telling anybody about it, you know, as if it's some kind of secret thing. So, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are are writing poems, and that's a wonderful thing. It's such a fantastic way to communicate and to think about things and to, to share with others or, or not. You know, it's also a great thing to keep private if that's what you want it for. Well, it's I do. I agree with cool. that. But at least share, I would say, find if you have a loved one, whether it's your spouse or maybe your children, share that with at least a safe group at some point because, I mean, what an offering that is to show your talent, but then also, you know, what's really going on in your heart because I think that's what comes out in poetry is like your, your authentic um, emotions whenever you do sit down and just sort of the words just kind of come to you in that sort of rhythmic state, whether, you know, anybody else gets it or not. I think that's such an offering um, to at least your family members or the ones that you love to show that this is what this is what's going on in your own head or if, or at least leave it for them whenever you pass on <laughs> for them to be able to see and treasure it. If you really don't want to give it to them, uh, give it to them now. But um, but also know that you are an author. I think you have four books out um, now uh-huh. and. And you've also gotten into a lot of other things that got you here to Mississippi. So can you hang on with us? This is going great. I'd love to keep you one more. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, right. that's fine. Absolutely. We are going to continue our conversation with Catherine Pierce, Mississippi's Poet Laureate, coming up next. If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson, spelled F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, can help improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of specialized therapists are as unique as their name, providing a personalized approach to therapy and cutting-edge equipment. Physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, spelled different because we are different. Call today for your appointment, 601-487-2260. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store. LS Tractor understands your passion for the land, and just like you, LS Tractor is committed to excellence and superior products. LS Tractor comes with a long list of standard features that are unmatched by other brands and backed with the LS commitment to provide exceptional customer service and satisfaction. You get a lot more for your money with the LS Tractor. Come to the Tractor Store in Richland to experience the LS difference. The Tractor Store in Richland. 
Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated, located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful, from trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Calloway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture, with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. The farmer's market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is, Callaway's is, everything for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Many in our state are rushing out to buy gas on the news that the Colonial Pipeline shut down after a ransomware attack. But Governor Tate Reeves says there's no need to panic. There are five additional uh, resources that, that, that flow into Mississippi in terms of gasoline, not the least of which is uh, the major facility that Chevron has. Colonial Pipeline supplies less than 30% of the fuel in Mississippi, and it's expected to be back online by Friday. Plans to eliminate the income tax and replace it with a consumption tax didn't make it through the legislature. Senator Josh Harkins says there's time for further study. It was dropped on day 49. Yeah. We didn't know about it. It's $2 billion of our revenue. He says just because this is working in other states doesn't mean it'll work here. Texas has severance tax. We don't have a severance tax like Texas does. Florida's got a beach wrapped around the entire state and Disney World in the middle. They have, It's different dynamics for each state. The Great American Cleanup has begun. It's the state's largest effort to prevent litter and beautify communities. Keep Mississippi Beautiful is working to expand our wildflower plantings across our state and to make Mississippi more beautiful. We encourage you to volunteer with us this year. And remember, cover and tarp your load and keep litter in its proper place. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.com. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats. What I said. Slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call Ceasefire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Ceasefire Business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com. 
Mississippi news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. At supertalk.fm, you get news from all over the state, from stories to keep you safe, to legislation that could affect your bank account, to weather reports to help you better plan your weekend. Plus, find in-depth interviews with the newsmakers in the Supertalk podcast archives. And everything Mississippi sports, your Mississippi news, all the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm.fm. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. So make sure you plan a Mississippi adventure. Go to visitmississippi.org to explore more. And we've got more with Catherine Pierce. She was appointed by Governor Reeves to serve a four-year term as Mississippi's Poet Laureate. Yes. And I feel like a small victory every time I nail that word. Not to mention the fact that, Catherine, you are an English professor at Mississippi State. So I'm over here, like, palpitating, thinking I'm going to get a bad grade <laughs> at the end of this for my poor English. There's but, no grade. <laughs> but there's no grade at this. But I think, too, you know, this is just an honest conversation with someone who enjoys poetry, at least when I hear their author read it, but also am genuinely intimidated by it for a lot of reasons. And I think you're going to run into that a lot as you travel the state and start talking about it. And we might as well start breaking down the ice, you know, here with it, that you don't have to be a perfect English major or a writer to enjoy poetry or write poetry or or sort of um, get involved with it, I think, is what I'm trying to do here. And so but you've gotten involved with a lot. You're an author. But I want to get first to the story of how you got to Mississippi, because you weren't born or raised here, but you are rooted here now. Um, So how did you find yourself in the Magnolia State? Yeah, so my husband and I, my husband's a fiction writer, his name is Mike Cardos, and we were both in graduate school at the University of Missouri, and we finished up our degrees there, we went on the job market, and we had interviews at a few different schools around the country, and Mississippi State offered us both tenure-track positions, which is just really an incredible, an incredible thing. It's really, really rare. And we felt so lucky to have those, have those job offers. We went down, we interviewed at the university, we met people, and we were just really blown away by, by the whole community, by how welcoming everybody was, by the department, the school, and the town. And so we, we moved here. <laughs> we moved here in 2007, and we've been here ever since. And so now we have two kids that we're raising here and, and everything else. And so it's, it's our home now. Um, but, yeah, I'm from Delaware originally, and my husband's from New Jersey originally. So we're East Coasters transplanted to Mississippi. So tell me about the first encounter with a Mississippi lizard, because they are sneaky little suckers <laughs> who will find their way into your home. And you sort of shared um, that maybe this is the first time you had seen one of them little green things whenever you moved to the Magnolia State. So what was it about the lizard? Well, yeah. So when we when we first moved there, you know, and I, I've lived, I've lived a lot of places. I've lived in Delaware and Pennsylvania and Ohio and Missouri, but I'd never lived anywhere that had lizards just, you know, around a lot. And so 
so the first time that I saw one, there was one in our house, and I was just, I did not know what to do because this was not a thing I'd experienced before, and I kind of freaked out, and I, I think we eventually did manage to catch it and put it back outside, but it definitely was not um, a thing that I was ready for. <laughs> I was really sort of surprised. But, you know, I say that I know I've lived here for a long time now because now I see the lizards, and I, I love them. I love all the lizards. I love when I can see them on my – we have these big glass windows in our living room, and at night sometimes you can see them, and you get up real close and see their little claws and little little feet. Um, and they'll get in the house, you know, occasionally, and now my reaction is more like, oh, the lizards are back, and I'm just – I'm happy to see them. I like them, and when they occasionally, you know – start running around my house, I try to catch them, I try to set them free, but if I don't manage to catch one, it just disappears, I don't feel panicked anymore. Now I feel like, well, I guess we've got a pet in our house, and I guess that's okay, so, you know, but now I, I feel really, um, I feel really affectionate towards all the lizards. I really like them. Don't feel bad, Catherine. <laughs> my grandmother was born, raised, rooted right here in the state of Mississippi, and she would run like the dickens if a lizard <laughs> crawled at their garden or into her um, into the house at any time. So that's we're glad you were affectionate towards Mississippi and the lizards now, but not all of us who live here uh, feel the same way about them. But they are definitely a part, at least when the summertime um, comes. And we're sitting outside and in our hammock, like you mentioned, and reading some good books. And I know you've authored four full-length poetry collections. I'm curious, how is a poetry collection or how do you approach a poetry collection book maybe differently than a regular fiction um, author would? Yeah, so for poetry, and it's it's one thing that I really like about poetry is that it's kind of a it's a low commitment um, process in terms of like if I'm going to write a poem, it's one poem, right? So my husband is a fiction writer, and he writes short stories, but he also writes novels, and I'm always just kind of in awe of that the idea that you can commit to this one story that might sustain your writing over a period of a couple of years. Um, a poem is something that, you know, I mean, some of them take a long time to write, but a long time might mean a few weeks, or it might mean that I come back to it periodically over a year or two, but I'm doing other things in the meantime. So, but what I'll do is I'll write, I'll write the poems that I want to write, and I tend to kind of just follow each poem where it goes. So I don't necessarily sit down to write a whole bunch of linked poems or poems that are thematically the same. I just write the individual poems that I want to write. And I kind of trust my own obsessions and I trust that eventually I'll start to notice some kind of thematic link or overlap between some of the poems that I'm writing. And when I start to see that, that's how I know that maybe I'm getting closer to being able to make a book out of the poems that I've been, that I've been writing. So I've, the books that I've written, they've all taken about four years to write to get those poems in there and but they've all kind of shifted over time and they get rearranged so many times when I have the poems that I think that I want to put in the book then I look at those poems and I think well should they be in this order should they be in that order somebody had once compared the process of ordering a poetry book to the idea of making a mixtape <laughs> so this is for anybody who was making mixtapes back in the, the 80s and 90s. But, you know, it was such a careful process thinking about what song came first and what would follow that song and how could you put these things together. And so that's kind of what the process of ordering a book of poetry is, thinking about how do these things connect and what tone do they set and how do I want to bounce these things off of each other. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a it's a usually a few-year process. But 
writing the individual poems um, is what comes first, of course. And so I try to kind of take the pressure off the book writing while I'm writing the poems themselves. And then I'll stop and think about how they might fit together. If someone has sat down or never sat down and picked up a book of poetry versus just enjoying a poem, how do you how do you sort of, you know, read it? Is it one poem? I know it's one poem at a time. <laughs> Let me first say, I get that. I can I can hear the size of issue that, you know, whatever. No, I get that. But I mean, is it I mean, would you do it more of like a devotional? Would you read maybe a poem a day or would you just go through a few kicked back in, in your hammock and sort of reading or drinking coffee or, or is there a proper way to approach it? at all. No, I mean, I think it's it's a completely individual decision, right? I think it's different for everybody, and there's no wrong way to do it. And what's funny is poets spend so much time ordering these books and thinking, okay, if I put it in this order, and this is where I'm going to start, and this will be in the middle, this will be the end. But I think also that most poets don't tend to read books of poetry that way. I think some of us do. But I think often we'll just pick up a book and kind of poke around and, you know, flip open to a page and read that poem and put it down and come back to it later. So all that work we spend on order doesn't necessarily matter for most of the readers of our books. If we want but, to read uh, some of your books, uh, Catherine, where can we find them? Yeah, so they're in, they should be in, I think, most of our fabulous independent bookstores throughout Mississippi. So I know Lemuria has some. Um, I think Turnrow has some. I think that Friendly City Books have in Columbus and the Bookmart in Starkville. They have them. Um, Square Books has them. So they're they're kind of all over the state, and of course they're available online wherever you might order order books. So, but they're they're around and in libraries too. Is there anywhere to find you online, Catherine? Are you on any of the social platforms or? Yes. So how can yeah, we connect website, with you there? Yeah. So my my website is catherinepierce.net, and then I'm on Twitter. It's Katie P Pierce. And Katie is with a K, even though Catherine is with a C, which is very confusing, but it's that's how it's always been. So Katie P. Pierce is my Twitter handle. You mentioned in the beginning you might be commissioned to come out by Governor Reese for the maybe the, the Mississippi um, Book Festival, which I don't know if it happened last year or not, but it had been catching huge steam and drawing uh, enormous crowds here in central Mississippi as being, I think, our only book festival. Uh, sometime this it goes on during the summer. But I was going to ask you, do you have any details on if we're actually going to get to have that this year? Yeah, it, it's in the work. So as far as I know, it is happening. It's going to be in August. I can check the date right now, but it, it's in August. And I know that they are planning. They're hoping to be able to go forward with everything kind of in person. So it's August 21st is when the book festival is scheduled to be happening this year. Um, and I'm going to be part of the poetry panel. So, but yeah, we're hoping that everything will will be okay and we'll be able to do it because it is such a fantastic event. So I think they're just waiting to see if they can do it safely and we're hoping that things will go forward. Well, I know things will go very forward, at least with poetry here in Mississippi, with you being the laureate. Did I get it right? Yes! That's right. That's good. That's the last time I'm even (laughs) going to attempt it. But congratulations again. I bet we will cross paths uh, several more times during your four-year tenure. When you're ever in central Mississippi, Catherine, please stop by. You are always welcome in the Good Things studio. Thank you so much. It was so much fun to talk with you. All righty. You guys stick with us. We got a little bit more for you coming up next.
Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. We're giving you more this May at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. More. More savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade. Get 0% financing our 1500 off new 2021 Mazda 6s. Plus, get 0% financing on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Think you can't get approved? Think again. Our credit specialists are standing by to get you approved today because 100% credit approval is our number one goal. And we'll give you top dollar for your old vehicle, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Bring in your current vehicle. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So if you want more savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade, then get to Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for complete details with food this is the closing agri market report. At the close of New York Cotton Exchange, July cotton was down seventy two to eighty seven seventy five. October cotton was down one hundred to eighty six forty three. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up twenty seven and a quarter to sixteen fourteen and three quarters per bushel. August soybeans were up twenty four and three quarters to fifteen fifty three and a half per bushel. July corn was up ten and a half to seven twenty two and a quarter per bushel. September corn was up six cents, six thirty-five per bushel. At the Mercantile, June live cattle was up forty to one eighteen sixty-two. August live cattle was up one seventy to one twenty-two oh five. August feeders up fifteen to one forty-eight eighty-five. September feeders up forty to one fifty forty-seven. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is down five hundred twenty-three points, thirty-four thousand two twenty-one. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Okay, buddy. Nice and simple this time. In a world of Veltima fungicide, five feet reign supreme. Hey, remember, less dramatic? Five feet. Just five feet. Five feet. Nope. Sixty inches. Look, man, just say Veltima fungicide lets you treat corn as early as five feet. Nice. Veltima fungicide from BASF. Coming sooner to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions. Smart shoppers will tell you they found it on HighBid.com. HighBid.com lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items, and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. HighBid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. It's easy to search, and it's easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HighBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And see what everyone is talking about. 
your midday meeting place. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. planning a Mississippi adventure today. Head on over to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. Coming up tomorrow, that's Wednesday, the Gallo Show will be at King's Daughters Medical Center in Brookhaven to promote National Hospital Week and to discuss the overall health care that the hospital does and provides for the community there in Brookhaven. So that's the Gallo Show from 6 to 9 right here on Super Talk in the main lobby at King's Daughters Medical Center on Highway 51 in Brookhaven coming up tomorrow morning. And then on Saturday morning, you can join Super Talk Mississippi Live with the Garden Mama and the Handyman. They will be broadcasting live from 8 till noon at Ace, Bolt, and Screw in Gluttstadt. So there will be plenty of door prizes and pizza from Sal and Mookie's and Madison. So you can come out and support the local business and see what they have to offer. So that's this Saturday at Ace, Bolt, and Screw in Gluttstadt. So lots of good things going on. And I think if I'm looking at my weather app correctly, we should be having a better looking weekend for you to get out and see the garden mama and the handy um, man. Yeah, so, if everything works out the way the weatherman's saying it's going to work out, it'll be uh, highs in the lower to mid 70s for the majority of the Magnolia State with mostly sunny skies. Yes, that's good hammock weather. Sit in your hammock, read some poetry, and write so, some poetry. Wait, write some poetry. And I had mentioned while we were talking to Miss Catherine, our laureate. Did I get it right again? You got it right. Say again, which is so funny, y'all. Really, I felt very intimidated to talk to an English professor and not be able to speak English um, correctly. But we all just have those words that we stumble across, and that just obviously one I just couldn't figure out from my head to my tongue how to say it correctly. But I think it's a really cool position. But I also think I'm right that there are a lot of closet poets who listen to good things and um, in general in life. Your kids may even do it, and you don't realize it. Your spouses may do it and not necessarily um, know it. I know that um, I found my husband used to work offshore and when he came home his little box of it I was going through it and he had a little pad because he worked up in the dairy anyway and bus pre-social media things to do with your thumbs when you just had time to sort of think and he would jot all these little little po- well I guess you'd call them poems you know things down and I was like huh look at this fast forward gosh we've been married now almost 14 years with an eight-year-old who does who puts together sort of little little rhymes and riddles or wherever it may be. Limericks. Her, yeah, and her little doodles. And Miss Catherine used that funny H word. Haiku. Yes. You know, I'm <laughs> not going to try that one either. What she mentioned were just like three little three little lines of poetry that, you know, uh, got her hooked there in the beginning. And Rhino, you've been open with, you loved poetry as a kid and still do. So is, oh, yeah. is that something that you just gravitated to naturally or... Was it were you introduced to it? I think it's it's more because poetry is so intertwined with with music and song, because when you think of song lyrics, a lot of times you you find them poetic if it's a really good song or it's a song that speaks to you. 
it'll the words of the song will speak to you the same way a poem in that same vein would speak to you and i've always grown up with music i've grown up loving music and i guess poetry was the closest thing in literature because yeah you had music class at school where you'd play with the the xylophones or the recorder or whatever that you had but that was only usually one day or one period or one class Mm -hmm. whereas english class you were in there multiple days out of the week or sometimes when i was doing it we didn't have block schedule five days a week Mm -hmm. you had english class well in english class the closest thing to music was the poetry so that's why i gravitated towards it did you read a lot as a child i loved reading as a kid it was one of those itches i had and the the way to to scratch that itch was to read another book and my parents fed that tremendously because it started off with a a tiny little stack of the the small abridged kids classics where they take the the big thick books like moby dick and turn it into a book that a kid can get through or me well but it's <laughs> and I, I, the closest thing i can find i was looking for them on the internet to see if i could find some to, to show but there there's another one the hardback the great illustrated classics those are the ones with the pictures on the yeah. front and everything but and those are the basic story of those of those novels condensed and abridged and they take out some of the bigger words that would confuse kids and that's how i learned all about classics and then getting into english classes later in school you're like wait a second i've already read this one and then you reread it and you find all these new things in it that they cut out from the kids version so it it made it interesting all throughout school this is why folks he is our resident google here on good things and he's smarter than half of us on a daily basis and we keep him around laureate you yes. got it <laughs> took me an hour <laughs> but that's okay that's what we're here for on good things but stick with us you've got more coming up next uh, you got sports talk mississippi from 3 to 6 p.m but rhino and i'll be back tomorrow at two but until then i hope you all find time for the good things Talk Mississippi Media Production.